This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. How to sell your stuff. How to get rid of stuff. Paul Kenny and his son Bogart from Storage Wars Canada are about to unlock the secrets to stuff on Zoomer Radio. What sort of value do they put on your stuff? That depends on how well you sell it as we begin taking your calls on Consignment Heroes, the one-hour phone-in show all about stuff. Good afternoon. We are live. You're listening to Consignment Heroes on Zoomer Radio, the show all about stuff, whether it be antiques, collectibles, sports memorabilia, gold, silver, coins, art, whatever you have you think might have some hidden value, you can call in right now. Our number is 416-360-0740. If you're out of town, you can call in toll-free at one 866 740-4740. Here in studio, Paul Kenny and his son Bogart, two of the stars from Storage Wars Canada. They've found fame and fortune, dealing in stuff, finding value in things that most people might overlook. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How's it going? I need more fortune and less fame. Oh, is that I've right? To, okay. I, I've, my sights haven't been set the right way. I've been aiming at the fame, and I've gotten that, but now I've got the fortune. How you you, you don't have to be picky. Okay, you can have both. <laughs> I just I wish I had a little bit more on the fortune side. And Fair I enough. Wanna, we were gone for a week, and I want to apologize uh, to the people. We will get back to the people who called the shop and have had questions. We were swamped yesterday, so we couldn't... Uh, get to the phone calls and the emails and stuff like that. But in the next couple of days, I will be returning people's calls and cleaning up some of the business that we started before we went away. And we're going to take care of it. By the way, I had a really nice holiday. I even have a bit of a tan. Yeah, yeah, you're looking healthy. What's going on? Where'd you go? Uh, We went down to um, Montego Bay, Jamaica. Oh, very nice. And um, I I know how to suntan now. I didn't know how it before. What do you? Oh, what do you mean? You're good at it. He I'm burns. not good at it. He burns. Yeah, I burn too. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm not exactly a beach bunny, but uh, I I learned. My wife made me suntan. So. Oh, okay. So you just that's like punishment. You were tortured, is what you're telling me. <laughs> I really, I actually, I enjoy what I do. Like Bogart and I, I actually really enjoy what I do with uh, helping people out, get rid of this, helping people get rid of this stuff, tell them what it's worth. Move stuff around. I, I love the deal. Is that what you did when you were in Jamaica? You tried getting rid of people's stuff? I couldn't find <laughs> Are you telling me you turned into a drug dealer when you were there? He's moving all sorts of stuff. It's coming in a crate on Wednesday. <laughs> I couldn't find a, I couldn't find an antique shop in Jamaica. But actually, I didn't, bear, I didn't go very far off of the... Um, what are they called? What do you mean? The resorts? Resorts. That's oh. what I was, yeah. Oh, was it like a, an intent, like guys with AK-47s at either end of the beach sort yeah, of resort? No, no, no. It was, it was, it was all-inclusive. Everything was good. Um, I had a great time. But now I'm back to work. Get back to work. People yeah. need you. Yeah, no. And I should tell everyone, we have an auction. Just in time, we have an auction this week. On Saturday, we have an auction with 400 lots of uh, gold, silver, jewelry, comics, Royal Canadian Mint stuff, mm-hmm. and you can bid online, so you don't even have to leave your home, or you can actually come and see us at the shop. 
It's on October. It's on sorry, January twenty eighth on Saturday, starting about eleven o'clock. And like I say, instead of going to the post office and buying that Royal Canadian Mint product for one hundred and nineteen dollars, why not buy in an auction for forty five dollars or fifty five dollars? Just because you pay more for something doesn't mean it's worth more. The idea in this world is to pay a little less for stuff. What I should also point out, just because now I have some insight into what goes into an estate sale, if you are somebody with a relative who's downsizing or moving on and you need to sell the house and all of the items, if you want to make that a spring sale, say you're selling the house and everything, all the contents, now is the time to start planning it if you want to catch that real estate fever that happens in the early to mid-spring because it takes the staff weeks to plan these sorts of things. That's how you generate the excitement to promote it and get hundreds or even thousands of people to be interested in the products that come out of a house. What I saw you guys pull off in Etobicoke, was that back in December? Unbelievable amount of coordination to to pull this thing off in just a couple of days. Yeah. To sell a whole house, all its contents. It's unbelievable. We started with a full house and at the end of it, we had nothing. No. Well, that's to suggest that this was just a normal house. This person probably had Five to ten times more than what the average family would keep yeah. in a 4,000-square-foot house. Yeah. It was really remarkable. But everything's gone out. They're happy. The house is sold. Um, all the stuff is gone. We're happy we got paid. They're happy they Is the house paid. happy? The house is happy. <laughs> the house is happy. Sure. But it's having couple, some work done. But the springtime, you have, like, it's just like you said there. We got to get, if you give us time, we can do a much better job. Yes. And us doing a better job is getting more money for the client. And getting more money for us because we want to get paid stuff. And when you're talking about fine art and real estate, doing a good job, doing a bad job could be the difference of tens of thousands of dollars at the end of a sale or even hundreds of thousands of dollars in Toronto's market right now. Uh, Our phone number, if you have an item or an heirloom that you'd like a free assessment of, maybe you think it has some special value or you're just curious why grandma kept it and why you've been lugging it around for 75 years, you can call in. We have two experts on all sorts of things, antiques, collectibles, sports memorabilia. Our phone number, 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. If you're out of town, it's toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Our first caller is Reed in Etobicoke. Reed, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you very much for taking my call. Yes. How can we help you? I have a doctor's book. It's a Dr. Chase's Last and Complete Works. It was printed in 1889. Okay, now it's the first edition. I think Dr. Chase, is that a... I'm trying to think of this. This is the third and last complete recipe book. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Cookbooks, they're they're very popular. We get... Is that what it is, a cookbook? No, it's not. It's a doctor's book. It tells you uh, treatment of diseases. And then it's got a section of how to bakery bake cakes and pies. Then it's got a section on freezing. And then it's got a section on how to treat horses, camels, and pigs. What? And is it, uh, this oh, is the Google of the 19th is this century. It's a hardcover book. And how big and thick is this? It's a hardcover book. There's uh, uh, I've got it right in front of me here. There's over 800 pages in it. And a lot of illustrations and color or, black, or just lithograph? There, there's lithograph. There's a few pictures on the very front. That are color. Uh, they're black and white, and the rest is all text. Yes, it's all all the pages. The pages in it. It's all black and white pictures. The pages are brown. From it's been in my. I found it. My wife died. I found it in the back of our linen closet in a paper bag. Sorry to hear about your wife. How? Sorry. What is the title of the book, and how are you spelling the author's name? Uh, the title is Doctor Chase's Last and Complete Works. That's on. That's on the front cover. Doctor Chase. You're spelling that C H with an S E. C H S E S. Dr. Chase's last, 
I'm stumped. I don't. You know, this is one of those things where I'm, when I'm at an estate sale, I see a whole bookcase of stuff. I usually pick out the, pick out the stuff that's sports, sports or um, medical books can be good, or sports or uh, anything to do with travel. But this book, I don't know. No, we've got it. Here we go. So antique. We have. Uh, I think it might be a reprint here. Doctor Chase's last receipt book and household physician medical book. Yeah. I guess it's it's a book to get you through anything that might happen in your house from. Uh, you know, you, you've broken a toenail to you've broken a femur bone to your horse has collapsed and is having a hard time breathing. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't as, have as thought Plus, how to prepare yeah. horse meat. As a general rule with medical books, what happens, if a book is more direct, curing one disease, general books don't do as well. If it's like a, a household book that uh, covers 50 diseases and stuff. But if you have something that deals with um, a specific paper or a specific disease or a, the first person to cure something, that makes that those are generally more uh, collectible. Your instincts are correct. It sells on eBay between 7 as an asking price and $20. So there's not a ton of value there, although it's a, it's a great sort of coffee table conversation starter, that's for sure. Right. I don't know if it's yeah. old enough, though. You said 1800s? Yeah. 1889, yeah. 1889. Dr. Right, right Chase's Last and Complete Work, it's called. Yeah. Yeah. I've sold medical books up to $6,000. I had Dr. William Osler's first edition. Oh, really? Yeah, and it was thrown out by U of T. Well, you yeah. know, they don't necessarily know, well, right? Th- Janitors told to throw out some stuff in a room. You know, what, what's going to happen? Well, they threw out a lot of stuff like that. And they had, um, but again, the books that dealt with specific diseases were even better. Oh, so there might be like the first documented breakthrough in treating tuberculosis yeah. or whatever. Because, there it is in print. Yeah. Because in 1880, they would go and give a talk on it. They made maybe 50 copies of it. And it might have been. Um, reprinted, but most of the time it wasn't. Mm. And that's the only copy because we, it was a different time back then where things were written down and if you didn't have it physically in front of it, you never found out about it. Gotcha. And now we're in the, the, the complete um, IT age. So, uh, Reed, good news, bad news. We've got, a, we've got the drop on the book. It's not worth a ton of money, but it seems like a fun book to have around. <laughs> well, F.B. Dickinson and Son in Detroit, Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for your call. We're going to go to Mary in Toronto. Mary, welcome to Consignment Heroes. What do you got for us? Hey, Mary. Hello. Hi, Mary. Welcome to Consignment Heroes. You're live on Zuma Radio. Okay. Um, I've got a very old Underwood typewriter. Um, It's the one with the ribbon. Oh. Now, is it in the black case? And um, does it have patent dates on it anywhere? Uh, I couldn't tell you that. Yeah. A lot of those, they sell between $50 and $150 because people just... Like a wall hanger. It's a conversation it's a, piece. Yeah, conversation You piece. hang a typewriter on a wall? No, it's like a wall hanger, you uh. know. <laughs> Sometimes we're trying to keep Bogart in the loop here. It, it, it's it's uh, like a computer without a send button. Listen, if someone says put the typewriter on the wall, I'm going to put the typewriter on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second, Mary. Does this one have the gold inlay? It says Underwood at the top. It's sort of still. Is yeah. it in decent shape? Yeah, it's I fake think it's gold in inlay, decent right? shape. Yeah, yeah, it's a good looking piece. I mean, in the what, what would it go for? Uh, Fifty to one hundred fifty dollars. It's like sewing machines. Everyone in nineteen forty, every house would have almost a typewriter. It's, it's right. It's like we had a computer now for writing letters. Yeah. Or a lot of offices had them. And at the end of the day, when they replace them, they'd send them home with the, the favorite employees. And it's like the old telephone. It's like 
I know what you're saying. You're saying essentially the market is super wealthy people who are now buying hobby farms. Yes. They want a sewing machine room or like that ornament as decoration. They're never going to use it. And yeah. the typewriter would be the same thing for their faux office in the country. That it's sort of thing. Decorator stuff. Decorator stuff. Collective. No one. I don't know a single typewriter collector. <laughs> but <laughs> you do see them around quite a bit. You know, you really do. Like on display. They're all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. There are probably typewriter collectors out there, but I don't know who they are. Okay, and they're not paying $50,000 for an Underwood, no, no. for a ribbon Underwood. Okay, all right, it fair enough. Nice. Our phone number, by the way, and we are live, you're listening to Consignment Heroes, is uh, 416-360-0740. Let's go to another Mary, this one in Etobicoke. Mary, how are you? Hi, it's Mary. Hi. Hi. I have a couple of plates. Uh, one is Wellesley Wedgwood. Okay. And it's one of those ones you put in a stand, and I inherited them from my neighbor. It's got uh, it, the number is D nine three two one seven. Wells would be the pattern, right? Number A L nine three four Z nine. And is it's just kind of a creamware, creamy color? It's a creamy color, yes, with a floral. Thing and it has an and it has an embossing around the outside. Uh, Wellesley, I think he's either a shape or a pattern from Wedgwood. Uh, it's part of one of the dinnerware sets of 1930s. Um, plates are you know eight to ten dollars each type of thing. I'm sorry. <clears throat> plates are about eight to ten dollars. Oh, okay. No, I just wondered, and I have another one which is a <coughs> similar, and it's a royal cauldron. Cauldron's a good pad. They were good makers out of England when England was making the world's China. Now China's making the world's China. <laughs> so um, people do collect it, but it's almost, uh, there was a company in the States called Replacements. And they used to, uh, when you were, if you were uh, handing your, your um, uh, dining room, uh, I mean, sorry, dining set down to your kids and you had mm. two kids and you had a set of eight and you want to give them each eight, you had to buy some. And there was a big business in replacement China, and they would be buying plates like that, or if you want to expand, or if you break one plate. Gotcha. But in today's age, people are buying the new stuff, and they're not. It's a lost art. I see. So a lot of people have uh, plates or flatware or like cups and saucers. A lot of it's like beautiful stuff. Mm -hmm. Market is sort of very fickle, but which one's valuable? Just just for people listening, they go. I have some of that stuff in my family. What are the top three brand names that, that sort of put you in the money? If people just wanted to go and check in their cabinet right now, what are some of the brands that they should uh, look there for? There is more. Uh, Herond. 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 Uh, you can get uh, Royal Crown Derby. Royal uh, Crown Derby. Ainsley, Paragon. Ainsley, okay. But in, a lot of people don't know, in 19, about 1950, uh, there was more China and cups and sauces sold by Ashley's, I think, in Canada, here hmm. in Ontario. Then was sold in the entire United States. Really? Yeah. No, we have because so we Canada's had, Ashley. Yeah. Is it among the finest or just the most prolific? Like they which, had a pipeline to the United to the UK and the stuff. There was tariffs on uh, dishes in the United States, so people would send it only to Canada. England would we were one of their favored trading partners, hmm. so they would send us their they send us the dishes and we would sell it here. So you'll always find a lot better China here in Canada than you will in most American cities. They're really? actually amazed when they see it because we had so we are very rich in old China. This is a storyline I've never heard of. Oh, this no, is no, crazy. No. no, there was 
I once had a booth in, I was in Withville, West Virginia, or Virginia. I can't remember where it was. Yeah. And I had about 500 cups and saucers because I couldn't sell them in Canada, and I brought them down to the United States. And I had people come into the booth and ask if they were real. Wow. It was like a museum. I had them out there, and I just had them all lined. And I did a really good business. I would be getting, and at that time, I was getting American money for them, <clears throat> and which is still good now. But I would have them out, and in a cup and saucer, I'd get $10 in Canada. I'd put 25 on, and I had to keep on supplying cups and saucers. So huge demand for something that's plentiful in this country. Yeah. I see. I would go to, I remember going to a show at about like our Christie's or something, and there would be 300 dealers. Now, there'd be 200 of them be knife and gun dealers, but most of the other antique dealers, I had more China in my booth or my little store type of thing in Withville than in that entire show. That's huh. how much China. And we're, we're sometimes spoiled up here because people call us up and ask about certain dinners, plates and stuff. And there are good ones out there. Like we just sold a cup and saucer the other day for $300. Oh, One geez. cup and saucer. It was Paragon. Now, some, not all Paragons are created equal, but it's like the China idea, we don't realize how much we got up here. So when people ask me to see the China, I'm always glad to see it because they could have some really good stuff and some stuff might be more mundane. And I just say, no, please just continue to use this. But there are some down things we have to worry about if, if I'm buying China. If it's got a gold trim, it's usually a little less saleable. If it's got crazing or it's got knife marks, People who are buying it, if someone's buying a $100 plate, they want to be perfect. Why would there be knife marks on a cup? Sorry, I was, it's part of the... We understand. Plates, cups, oh. dishes, all these sorts of things. Yeah. Any sort of knick or... Well, well even, a, even a coffee cup or a tea cup might have a scuffing on it from a, you know... I just want to know that I'm, I'm using it the right way. No, we don't allow... Bogart, we haven't allowed him to use steel cutlery yet. He uses the <laughs> it's plastic, still plastic on paper plates. Sure, well, fair enough. Uh, sorry, our number, in case you're listening, 416-360-074. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Yeah. What were your final thought there? No, my th thoughts is we have a lot of China up here, and I'm always glad to see it. And a lot of people, some is not as good as they think, but some stuff there I'm going to surprise them. I'm going to put some smiles on some people's faces when I see their China. Very good. Our next caller is Vito in Toronto, and I believe he's got some ticket stubs you might be interested Ooh, in. Okay. Vito, welcome to the show. Hi. Uh I've got a pair of tickets to the opening day Blue Jay game. Okay. And they're unused, and I was just wondering if there was any value to them. Are they, are, they full, are they stubs or full tickets? Full tickets. Okay. Now, because of the opening game, they gave away one set that you got and another set that you used. Now, are these the ones on the loose side, or are they, are they just loose? No, these are the ones. I, I only got one set, the, the set I bought to go to the game. Okay. And I never used them. I kept them as a collection. You didn't go to the game? No. Wow. I'm in stun. No. <laughs> no. Okay. I was working and uh, I thought, you know, uh, and it was snowing. So I figured, you know, you know what? I might as well stay nice and warm and keep them as uh, collectible. You know something then? Those, if they're not used or torn and they're actual game tickets. Right. Yeah. Um, probably, I just sold um, a set. And about $100 is what I got for one ticket. Mm -hmm. And uh, most of the stuff you get is stubs. And um, the, the old Blue Jay tickets still sell. Uh, milestone games. But everyone wants to say they were at the first game, except for you, sir, who say you just want the first game's tickets. Right. Everyone else, you know, it's a game now that 3 million people were at, they said. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but um, those tickets probably um, between $100 and $150. 
Have you had a matching okay. pair that wasn't? Uh, yeah, that's right. I, it's a pair. What color are they? Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I haven't looked at them in a long time. They were red. Yeah. They okay. Were, they were sixteen dollars when I bought them, if I remember correctly. And uh, do you have the program yeah. too? Uh, no, no. Oh, you didn't get the program. Programs, he didn't go. How did he get the program? Okay, because he might buy later. <laughs> yeah, to prove he had went. Uh, the ticket. I just sold one to the opening day at the Sky Dome. We just sold mm-hmm. it on our site this week for fifty dollars U.S. So mm-hmm. probably a hundred to one hundred fifty U.S. is what that ticket's worth. Yeah, for both of them. Yeah, and I'd be glad. To, I'd buy. I buy them for less than that because I have to make a profit. But I'd be always glad to buy something like that. Anything to do with Toronto history. Anything to do with the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. And my son, anything to do with the, the Leafs. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's wearing a Blue Jay okay. shirt right now. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll get to all, Enza, Ron, and Paul. We'll get to you on the other side of a quick break. You're listening to Consignment Heroes. We're live from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Our phone number is 416-360-0740. Your collection of old coins is worth exactly what someone is willing to pay for it. The highest paid prices for old silver coins and gold jewelry are at Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins. So the only number you should have in your head is this one. 905-737-GOLD. Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins buys and sells. So what does a bar of bullion go for these days? Wrong question. What's it going for right now? For up-to-the-minute prices, call 905-737-GOLD. Estates have a sentimental value and a real value. Which one do you think sells? An estate appraisal by Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins is valued for the honesty and experience of Paul and Bogart, who always arrive with three options. They'll buy it from you, sell it for you, or tell you what the estate is worth. And their live online auction, held every month, is a great way to sell on consignment. Need an estate appraised? There's really only one choice. Call 905-737-GOLD. Welcome back to Consignment Heroes on Zuma Radio. We're live in Liberty Village in the Zoomerplex. And uh, Paul and Bogart, you'll love this. I just got an email from Moses Neimer himself, who, of course, is a great collector. We have the, the TV museum is just about 100 feet from us. We joke on the weekends because I know you're dying to get in there. But I you're only get in there. I know. You're only here on Sundays. And I say, sorry, closed Sundays, can't go in. It's got the predictors on the top, on the, on yeah. the roof there. I mean. Uh, you even asked me to ask Moses through you, are they for sale? Are they, are yeah. they real? And I think he said, no, they were, they were reproductions. But, yeah, yeah. both of you have a, a great love of antique, especially like radios and TV. We have the TV museum here at the Zoomerplex. You're welcome to come see it. And for those who are even saying, well, I, you know, I don't have that much of an interest in TV. Well, some of these TVs have been in very famous places. We're talking about Moses Neimer and City TV. The Speaker's Corner booth that was on the corner of 299 That's awesome. Queen Street is sitting inside there. I mean, you can't go in it and record your latest rant on how much you hate this latest government policy, but it's in there, wonderfully preserved. And uh, Moses sent an email. He says, Martin Howard. He's talking about Martin Howard typewriters. Very, very collectible. He says, we exhibited a number of these beauties at the MZ TV Museum last year, showing the transition from typewriter to TV, and then TV to typewriter, and then typewriter computer. The whole transition. How it all worked intermingled with TV broadcasting and typewriters the whole way. So you can find things like that at the MZ TV Museum, which you'll find right here in Liberty Village. So you're telling me this... 
this museum is really great, but you can't go in there now, right now. Well, I, I, I told you this before. I doubt the, the odds of Mr. Zymer sell, selling you anything is near zero. So I think you're just going to walk there, you know, sort of clenched teeth going, can I, have, can I buy something? If he's a true collector, we'll build a trade. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, it's beautiful. It really is beautiful space. It doesn't get enough attention, to tell you the truth. Actually, I saw some old TVs this week, and I was thinking of Moses, that museum there. But the, there are 1940s and 50s. But the one person said this is the first TV they bought in Canada, and they got here in 1954. Really? They, had, they never threw anything out. And it was nice stuff. They had some other Could stuff. Could they prove that, though? Like, it would be so hard to prove, right? But this is why... Places like the museum and even what we do are very important. Learning the history and stuff and having the reference material, a lot of stuff you got, like when you were talking about going to Speaker's Corner, mm. I want to go in and touch it, feel it, see it. And that's what we're about and knowing about stuff. You have to actually see stuff. There's a difference between having sex and talking about sex. <laughs> Well, I don't well, even know. How turn. did we segue no, there? All the metaphors. No, okay. no. We're talking about I'm museums. With you. I'm How with you. I'm with you. No, I'm that's... not. We're talking about museums. <laughs> no, but this is going to mean watching a picture of something and actually seeing it right in front of you and touching it and feeling it and feeling the texture. Uh, that's the fair whole enough. thing. Okay. Sorry about that. That was probably... It's like seeing a picture of a car and driving a car. That's a safe G, okay, G-rated analogy. Did I, get I love the new Mustang. And then you get inside and you see the leather. Oh, man. Yeah. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. No, no. So did I didn't get bleeped there, did I? No, no. Come on. Our next caller, by the way, is going to be Enza in Toronto. Enza, welcome to Consignment Heroes. Thank you. Good afternoon. I have uh, a sewing machine, a Singer sewing machine, class of 28. Okay, now... Is it the one in the little box? Little in the black wooden box? case, yes. Is it a featherweight? It weighs about 22 pounds? Yes. Okay. They are very popular uh, for quilts and quilt makers. Exactly Sorry. what this little green book says. Yeah. And um, there's two models on that. There's one with a movable arm that's worth, they used to sell for around 2000 and they come in different colors. Or you have your basic black model with the nickel plate on the end, and they sell for probably, they used to sell for four or five, but they're probably around $200, $250 right now. But you have to have the bobbin in it, and it, it has to work because it, it'll cost you 200 to fix it. But these Singer sewing machines were when America and Canada made great stuff, and they will last forever. Hmm. Take care of it. You well, know, it's in beautiful shape. It really is, but I'm afraid to touch anything because it might break. No, no, they're indestructible. Okay. They're like Hostess Twinkies. No, <laughs> and she'll no call expiry us, day. She'll call us back next week and be like, yeah, I broke my Singer machine. Yeah, I'm looking for parts for a Swinger <laughs> yeah. machine. It doesn't no. work anymore. Well, it even has its own thread. The threads are there. The bauble is there. Like, all kinds of needles are there. And if you have all, sometimes the accessories is worth, is worth money, but the problem with these is, is that they weigh, they still only weigh 22 pounds, but it'll cost you 50 to $75 to ship it anywhere. So people who sell them, like, sometimes we sell stuff on eBay for people, but the, the cost of shipping is getting more prohibitive now. Yeah. We used to ship those for $25. Enza, thanks for your phone call. We have to move on to Ron in Burlington. Ron, welcome to Consignment Heroes. Thank you for taking my call. What do you got? I've got an old chemistry book. It's at least 100 years old, and it's called Mus Pratt's Chemistry, Volume 1. What? M-U-S-P-R-A-T-T-S. Textbook or um, hobby? Well, it looks like a Bible. It's about four, three inches thick. It's really a textbook, I guess. 
Yeah, textbooks are, are because there's a lot of in, in hardcover. Yeah, hardcover. Three hundred pages. Uh, about nine hundred pages. Yeah, on a lot of them. No, probably ten, fifteen dollars. Um, okay. <laughs> more. No, with books. Books are well. I don't want to downplay books. Books are great, in that, but it's mainly subject matter and or small print runs. People always always know about the first class, first um, first edition, like a Tarzan first edition is worth thirty five hundred dollars. Of course, of course, or yeah. something like that. But yeah. people do collect some of the old, the older books, but a lot of it will be the information that's not available now, or the prints are really nice, mm. or the, the graphics are nice. So you'll have uh, uh, Dante's Inferno, um, illustrated by Gustav Dorr, is worth $150, because people will buy the book and rip the prints out and frame them. Oh, okay. And that's what people do. And uh, in the world of chemistry, though, we do see childhood chemistry sets that were unused. Those sell for huge money in the toy collector world, yeah, right? Because t- sometimes it'd be like for your eight-year-old, it's my first chemistry set, and among the elements, it'll be like black gunpowder and sulfuric acid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just experiment with it, kids. Like just wild, right? So some of it's almost like it's outrageous what they packaged for these children to play oh, with. It really is amazing. We should have had more fires back in the 1960s, <laughs> the little volcanoes. But that's what we're trying. That's what all collecting is. People are trying to recapture their childhood at vastly inflated prices. Fair enough. We'll see what uh, Paul in East York has. Paul, welcome to Consignment Heroes. You're live on Zuma Radio. Yes, hello, folks. Um, I have a. I, I've been collecting books for a long time, um, especially at lawn sales. I like to uh, browse and see what they've got to offer. And uh, here in East York, oh, about seven years ago, I bought a book. Um, leather-bound book, small book, a little bit smaller than a uh, pocketbook. And Sotheby's told me at that time when I called them and sent them uh, photos of it over the Internet, he said it would be worth about four grand. It was printed in 1760. So and this... it's a book, uh, and I think it's the only edition, the only printed edition. What is the book? Sorry, it's, a book it's a book about collecting books. <laughs> Oh, a book of collecting books. (laughs) Yes, and uh, hard to read. The English is a little bit different than modern English, of course, but uh, Sotheby's confirmed it was worth at least $4,000 when it comes up for auction. I'm going to to hold on to it, of course, for quite a while. We can't. Can you tell us the name of the book? Um, It's a little bit of Latin, but it basically translates to uh, collecting antiquarian books. Ah. Yes, and so, it's, uh, I didn't know what it was at first. I had to do a bit of research. I, I know a bit of Latin, but not that much. But the in, in, in the inside, of course, it's all in English, but uh, English of 1700s and so on. So it's interesting. But what led me on to uh, collecting books, um, about 15, 16 years ago here in East York, I bought a box of books that a lady was selling uh, for five bucks. And in that box of books, I, I came across a uh, hard uh, cover book. Uh, signed by the author, and it's the only uh, edition of this book, and it's the author is Martin Luther King Jr. Okay. And oh wow! It was about the march to Selma, and it's dedicated to one of the fellows in the book who has a, a photo with um, uh, Mr. King in the book, and so on. What was that value, Dad? Yeah. Well, that I, I contacted Sotheby's, and, and at that time, um, it, it was the first that I started thinking about selling. I'm not an Americana collector. Mm. And uh, I thought um, at that time the Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, Museum was being set up in the U.S. 
and they were looking for anything concerning anything to do with America. Well, well I was just going to say that the movie Selma came out like yeah. a year ago. You might have missed the market. That's when all the excitement was because they're not going to make a Selma 2. I know, know, but here's yeah. the thing. Is with payments, sir. <laughs> the problem is with most yeah, museums, but, they then, won't pay anything. I actually pay oh, money. they want to donate. They yeah. want to donate. And I refuse to donate to people who have more money than I do. Okay? <laughs> I really do. Yeah, you feel like the ROM is doing better than you this year? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I won't donate to people who have more money than I, I And that's what I'm asking if, if you sold it yet. Because it's the, Sotheby's will say it's worth 4000 And you'll ask Sotheby's, will you give me 4000 And they say, well, no, nah, we don't really buy it. We yeah, actually yeah. buy the stuff. Or you can consign it and move it out in some kind of a time frame. This yeah, is where I, I agree with you, but at this case, the agent told me that it would sell for at least seven grand U.S. That was back then, yeah. hmm. and uh, the American dollar was much uh, more robust than it is today. So, in any case, uh, it did sell for a little bit over seven thousand dollars, and the person that bought it was the agent that I was speaking with. Okay, um, that's why he could, you know, he was confident that oh yeah, this is going to sell for at least seven grand, and uh, but I was very happy that he did buy it. Because he then turned around and uh, donated it to the Martin Luther King Jr. Museum, and received a tax credit of seventy-five grand. So good for him, and good for him what? to uh, put it back into That's their right. hands. When this gentleman what? said he sold it for seven grand, I believe that, that was under the money. Wow. See, sometimes yeah, so that'll I, happen. Yeah, so I, I, I sold it for seven grand, uh, less his commission, and then he turned around and donated it for a tax credit of seventy-five thousand. Uh, yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, good for him. Good for him. I would have taken but, the uh, tax credit. I would have taken <laughs> yeah. the tax Bogart is the only person in this room who wouldn't have taken the tax credit because he doesn't make any money. Oh, he wants yeah. cash. Yeah, cash. <laughs> Seven sure. grand sounds pretty good to me. Thank Fair you, enough. sir. That Fair was enough. an interesting story. Paul, thanks for your phone call. We're going to go to Case in Caledon now. Case, you have a toy set, I'm told. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. I have a Lionel electric train set here. Okay. About 1952, I would say, which was mine. It was given to me as a Christmas gift. Oh, wow. Okay. How many pieces are in it? Uh, there, it's called the freight train, and there's the, uh, the locomotive with a six-wheeler. It's got the uh, coal tender. It's got a tank car, a gondola car, and a caboose. Uh, you still have the boxes that came in? Uh, yes, but the boxes, of course, are somewhat... Uh, well, you might say uh, ripped here and there or marks on, because I used to put it back in the box when I was finished playing with it. <laughs> okay, yeah, no. Actually, it's funny. One of my clients this week asked me for a train set. He says he wants to set something up, but I think he was looking for uh, uh, the O scale, uh, just set up for his uh, kids. He says, Paul, if you run across a train set, I want one. Said, yeah, okay. this is the Lionel, which was, uh, you know, they were the larger ones, not the little uh, tiny ones. So Yeah, yeah is it yeah. HO scale? Is that the name of the larger one? Is that yeah, what it is? Yeah. Well, this is a track with a three. It's a three-rail track yeah. with a transformer fed. So, these are, with the boxes were sometimes as much as the the cars that go in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it still works, uh, I'm pretty sure it does. I haven't had it out for quite a number of years, but it has. I have probably about forty to fifty feet of a track, and I had it set up on a uh, four by eight plywood sheet uh, at the time. I recall as a kid, and uh, the prices on the box here, believe it or not. It's probably pretty valuable. I yeah. mean, yeah. No, they're two, three hundred dollars because there was a lot of train sets. And this is a this is a long-standing, fairly powerful market, which is the yeah. model train market. I mean, they're not advertisers with us, but I know it was George's trains for years and years yeah. and years in the GTA that did, did oh, no, very, Walmart very well. I did a show with George's chain trains. We found oh, really? a train set 
And I still actually I could sell that guy back. I still have that train set. <laughs> well, Ghost? we just gave him a we just gave him a great plug, so he owes you a favor now, right? Yeah, I yeah, no. Come, but, uh, excuse me, with some accessories like a uh, uh, a station, which is all metal. All the accessories are yep. all metal toys, no plastics. So uh, I'd love to see it. Now the other thing is, I'm going to say I have another number for people to, who want to send us pictures because uh, they send it off to sales at torontogoldsilver.com. But they can also, on their iPhone, send me... Is that, I'm doing this right, Bogart? They can send me pictures at 647-298-8989. And I will get the pictures, and I can give you... And I can even text you back the price at that time as well. If I see the, the condition of the boxes, or if I see... Uh, and and the, the big thing here is that the train engine has to work. Yeah. Is that a big deal if you have to have it repaired? Does it destroy the value of it? No, it won't destroy it, but it'll cost you $100. It'll destroy most of a $100 bill. <laughs> gotcha. I see. And we should also point out that uh, Lionel, which makes yeah. the, uh, model, not just model trains, I don't think. They make other toys, do they not? Or is no, it Lionel, mainly just trains? You're thinking of Triangle, which is um, out of England. I was going to link it to Neil Young. So oh. Neil Young, obviously celebrated Canadian music artist, he owns 20% of Lionel, the, the toy company. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he bailed them out, I want to say, about 15 years ago. Does no one know this story? I think he's no. a... I'll Google it right now just so I get it all correct, but... I believe he owns 20% of Lionel, and he took it over in a bailout situation. They weren't doing very well. Oh, okay. And I think because he's a big fan of their products, he got involved. Yeah, so there it is. Owner, Neil Young, 20% share, and now, as of 2006, are saying the company's worth $62 million. But he came in at a moment of intervention. and yeah. I think he's loosely credited with saving the company through that tumultuous time. You're the Neil Young, yes. And you're a news broadcaster. I never checked my facts. You actually went and checked well, your facts. In fairness, it's through Wikipedia. It's, it's hardly a deep throat connection here, but it's, it is, I, I Googled it is what I did, yeah. Okay, okay. Let's go to, is it Mila in Markham? Is it Mila? Am I getting your name correct? Yes. yes. Hi, welcome to Consignment Heroes. Hi. How can I help you? Okay, I've got a Claritone record player. It's over 50 years old. Maybe 54, 55, something around that. But this is a, uh, a floor model or a portable yeah, tabletop? Yeah, it's a furniture, like uh, about, probably about five feet long. Yeah, we see them all the time. Uh, there's a lot of them out there. They're a beautiful piece of furniture, but very hard to get any money for. Okay. Um, the, but if you had like a record player, like the old duels now, vinyl is making a huge comeback. So if I'm you sorry? have the old duels or uh, some of the old record players that are, that are part of a stereo system, the standalone, those are going for $150, $200, $300, but At least some of them. But that's not Claritone. No, no, that, not your Claritone, sorry. I, I'm, trying, I'm trying what the other world is like. Um, your Claritones are, because they take up so much room and they don't fit in condos, they don't sell. Yeah, it's a nice piece of furniture. But you could probably take the needle. The needle is probably worth as much as their whole record player. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. Yeah, that's what a lot of people end up chasing, okay, right? And, okay. Then the other thing is it's been in my family for 67 years. Yeah. And my parents bought it's a It's a buffet and hutch. Okay. And uh, it's been in my family for at least 67 years. And my dad, when he came to Canada, bought it actually uh, before that, and it was old then. Um, I Actually, my son has it now, and I know that he wants to get rid of it because he just sold his house. Okay. Um, I have to see the pictures of it. Uh, okay. what the best stuff that's selling right now seems to be your mid-century modern, your teak, or um, your, your finer uh, mahoganies. Uh, I'd have to see a picture. 
And it's wood, but I, you know what? I can't, I can't, I can't even tell you like what. It's solid wood, obviously. I need pictures. I'm sorry. Okay. But your your ability to describe this is um, is help is hurting me here. But if you send me a picture, I can help you. There's a few ways to go from here. You okay. can go and actually visit. Uh, Paul oh, Kenny yeah. and his son Bogart at their store at the Gold Silver Toronto store. It's at 10,341 Young Street. They can also call you there, right? 905-737-GOLD. Yeah. 905-737-GOLD. If they want a free assessment, they can call the radio station right now. And uh, our number is 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. And, uh, you know, I see the store. I, I imagine that big old record player in our house and I go this is a problem now this happens with a lot of old bulky stuff that doesn't have any value although maybe it did like a record player my parents had a story it was great they had a Heinzman piano beautiful Heinzman upright piano even had custom you know uh, stained glass inserts beautiful kept it tuned in pristine condition you know the expert comes over oh this is worth two three grand no problem they couldn't sell it or move it to save their lives. They tried to sell it and get rid of it for, I think, two years. They finally decided, oh, I'm just going to donate it to a yeah. school or something. School doesn't want it either. They do it with, and hey, guess what? The school's not even going to send over a truck and help you move it. So now you got to pay somebody with a truck to come to your house. Or maybe you have a truck. And guess what? When you roll into the dump with a 500-pound piano, it, it, it's just it's nothing but aggravation and cost. Yeah, because the experts weren't Like, us. I'm not saying that's every piano or every bulky item that you own. But many of them end up with that story. You're told it's worth something, it's worth less, and now you've got this 500-pound problem to get out of your living room. Doing what's even worse than a 500-pound piano in your <laughs> living room? A 500-pound piano in your basement. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, yeah. Now you got two sets of stairs to go up. Uh, we're going to go uh, to Pat in Whitby. As soon as we return from a quick, quick break here, you're listening to Consignment Heroes on Zuma Radio. We'll be right back. Your collection of old coins is worth exactly what someone is willing to pay for it. The highest paid prices for old silver coins and gold jewelry are at Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins. So the only number you should have in your head is this one. 905-737-GOLD. Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins buys and sells. So what does a bar of bullion go for these days? Wrong question. What's it going for right now? For up-to-the-minute prices, call 905-737-GOLD. Estates have a sentimental value and a real value. Which one do you think sells? An estate appraisal by Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins is valued for the honesty and experience of Paul and Bogart, who always arrive with three options. They'll buy it from you, sell it for you, or tell you what the estate is worth. And their live online auction, held every month, is a great way to sell on consignment. Need an estate appraised? There's really only one choice. Call 905-737-GOLD. Welcome back to Consignment Heroes on Zuma Radio. I'm Ben Mercer here with Paul Kenny and his son Bogart, two of the stars from Storage Wars Canada. They have found fame and fortune dealing with other people's stuff, finding special values where people see sometimes nothing or even garbage. They have a knack for sifting through and finding things with extraordinary value. By the way, stay tuned in the next coming weeks for... The back half of Season 2 of Storage Wars Canada. In the meantime, they're fielding your phone calls about your stuff. Our phone number is 416-360-0740. Pat in Whitby. How are you? Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you. What do you got? 
Well, I have a few questions. <clears throat> I have um, some 33, I think they were called 33 and a third LP records. Are they of any? Yeah. Oh, vinyl, like we just saying, is making a huge comeback right now. But I'm sorry? Vinyl, well, we call it vinyl. Your 33 and thirds, they're your LPs. Um, but your yeah. things like Ed Ames, Perry Como, classical, is, uh, it's limited, limited value. But if you go into your rock and roll, blues, uh, jazz, uh, as long as they're in good shape, stuff out of the 1950s and 60s is worth a lot of money. Someone came into my store yesterday. He's got 1500 Well, you know what I have? It was my husband's. He's passed away. But I'm sorry to say that. he has a record here. It's called Early Lightfoot. It was made. Oh, whoa. It was now, made, uh, manufactured by Quality Records on Birchmount Road Birch in Mount, Scarborough. Yeah. Okay. Um, it says selections in this album were discovered in the archives of... But that's going to be later. That'll be made later when he was still popular. What you'd want on Lightfoot would be a mono pressing from his first album, okay, where they haven't messed around with it, hasn't been pressed, hasn't been um, reproduced a couple million times. Like early Beatles, right now there's a big, people want the mono versions of the Beatles. They want their stuff from the 1960s. Uh, they want the stuff from the 1970s. The, like, uh, right now we just sold a record this week for $900. Uh, what? Pink, Flo Pink Floyd. What album? I don't know. It's this one here. I can't believe it was is made in Japan. There's only five of them made, or something. Oh, like Oh man! And it's still it's still sealed, and the person's going to keep it sealed. They're not even going to open it. They want. It I, I got. Like I feel so bad for your generation. The Beatles and the Stones and Pink Floyd. You so you bought it on record. You bought it on eight track. You bought it on cassette. You bought it on CD. You bought it on eBay. You bought the digital remastered version. And now you're saying you had to go back and get the monos. <laughs> How many times do you have to buy the same album? The poor Beatles fans. Haven't they paid enough? No, a purist is going to come in for that, and they're going to play it once or twice. And I'm just saying, the glee on this person's face was fantastic. Says, I can't believe you have this. And he That's says, fantastic. I know it's perfect inside. And he says, you're going to open it? He says, no. And oh, says, wow. I, this, the collection I got this from was a person who bought one to play and bought one to keep sealed. And that actually is a, a good collection to buy. Anytime you can buy that, there's always a lot of money left on the table. So wait, so Pat, how many pieces of vinyl do you have? Well, I have a box with uh, a number of LPs in them. Um, you know, they're just put away in the basement. And uh, I was just wondering if there was any value to these. Um, I also have some... Oh, I was looking at some coins, old nickels, 1942, 1929. I don't know whether there's any value with those. That's where you have to bring them in. It depends on, with coins, like comics and like sports cards and stuff like that, there are two things, what who it is and the condition that it's in. Okay. And that's why we actually tell people, don't mess a lot. If it's, say it's your, your husband's, or don't, don't take them out of the box. Bring them in and let us professionally take them out so nothing gets wrecked. So when something's yeah. sitting in the attic for 30 years, nothing's going wrong with it. More damage is done in the first 10 minutes of someone, oh, look what I found, or the kids find it, and they pull it out and they wreck it right then. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Or clean something, or right? Or clean it. Because then you hear on the please. antique and the restoration shows, they leave, they call it patina, right? Yes. Leave the patina. Or, yeah, suntan. Yeah, now another thing that he had was a, a 55 Gibson guitar. Ooh, okay. 
You have to come and see me. <laughs> okay, end oh, of show. Oh, you just lit right up. You just came okay. to life. You have to see me. I have the feeling that there's a lot of stuff that you have that I can either give you a price on uh-huh. or help you sell it if you want to sell it or at least give you some of the story that if you're going to pass them down to the kids, I can help you do that. I haven't seen you this happy in a long time. You don't get anything. I, <laughs> you get the stories about what I used to have. Um, what you want to do here is you'd like to know what the stuff is worth and whether what you're going to do, either sell it or you can give it on to the kids, but you want to know what it's worth. Uh-huh. And when and, it comes to something like a guitar, storage yeah. is also a factor, right? Humidity, heat, cold, these things yeah. all affect the neck of those guitars. You want to be yeah. very careful. Uh-huh. Like, uh, if you have uh, early Elvis pressings, they're worth money. Okay. I don't know. I'd have to look through the the book or uh, through the uh, box, you know. But there is a number of them in there. So, Pat, we're going to put you on hold. I'm going to give you um, I'm going to give you Paul's number, and hopefully, you can leave your number. We should get you yeah. guys connected at least in a phone conversation. You can probably walk her through a lot of the yeah. value of some of this stuff. Yeah. Okay. In the meantime, we're going to go to Blanche in Stouffville. Blanche, welcome to Consignment Heroes. I'm fine. I have some coins. Um, one is the, uh, I think, well, actually, two Canadian 50 cent pieces. One is a 1965, and one is a 1943. And I also have um, two American coins. Um, a 25 cent piece is 1966, and a 50 cent piece, 1974. Any of them worth anything? Yeah, the ones at 65, every coin, this is what we try and run through with people. Coins before 1967 in Canada were made out of silver. So even if the coin is in bad condition, it still has a silver value. And this is why we tell people to come into our shop. Like, you know, coins like that are worth about, I think we're paying around $11. I'd have to check for every dollar. So if you've 10 dimes before 1965, we're paying you $11 for them. That's like a dollar a dime. Right. And we tell people that if it is collectible, like if you have a 1948 silver dollar, that could be worth $5,000. What do you mean? Depending on the condition? By the condition, yeah. Okay. Like in our auction coming up this week, we have a 1966 small beads silver dollar. There's only about 50 of them known. It's an MS-64, which means it's a fantastic condition. Mm-hmm. And it should sell for four to $5,000. Wow. But a 1966 silver dollar that's not small beads, large beads, obviously, is going to sell for about $12. Okay, so that's a pretty big gap. So that's why knowing the difference, I can't overemphasize two things we say on the show here. Get two opinions. Not just mine. You get Bogarts as well. But you get, get two opinions before you sell something. And because that way you know you're getting the right price. and Or check out our auction prices. But your you know, silver coins in the United States are before 1964 to be silver. And the auction itself is happening at the store, right? 10,341 Young Street. January 28th, and I'll be there. And we'll be giving away $5 million in Zimbabwe dollars again. Signed by Actual me and- retail value in Canadian dollars? Don't tell them. Uh, don't tell them. Do we recognize that currency anymore? I don't know. I don't know. Stuart and Simcoe is our next caller. Stuart, welcome to Consignment Heroes on Zuma Radio. Hi, how are you doing there, guys? Pretty good. 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 What, what it is, is uh, you can tell by my accent from Scotland, I've got this uh, old uh, lamp that was, has always been in the house. Basically, my dad told me that, uh, you know, when I was a kid asking where it came from, it came out of the shipyards. My dad worked in the shipyards as well all of his life. He worked in the Queen Mary. Okay. So, so, did, so did my grandfather. 
Now, when they found when they found the Titanic and they found it lying in the sand, mm-hmm. uh, I've seen the photographs of it. And here's this: the, uh, the, the lamp's bent on the on the photographs that showed you in the sand. But there, 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 there was the light that I've always that we've had in the house there. Eh? Now, is and, there a it's, name on it's, it? A, it's a gimbal. It's a gimbal lamp. Okay. And they, they, they say that they, they, they used to have them in the first class areas of the Titanic. Now, obviously, this one wasn't on the Titanic. No, okay. But what I'm thinking is, way back in the day, if you worked in the shipyards and there was anything maybe run about there, uh, uh, you'd like to pinch that, right? So I, that, what, I, what I reckon, that maybe this came for the Titanic. So I was just wondering if there's any, any interest on things that we maybe were in the Titanic, you know? No, no, there is. Ship collectibles are very, are, people collect them. Well, they're super expensive yes. is what they are. Even if you want this like a lab, brass like porthole see, window, yeah. it's 1000 bucks. If I saw this, I could probably give up with a price on it. Uh, everyone wants parts of ships. And uh, it's like, like you say, the porthole is worth money. Uh, people like the, um, anything that's made of their brass, they just love that kind of look. I yeah, just watched good in a cottage or something yeah. like that, yeah. But if we, like I say, Titanic, you, we both know we're talking a couple hundred thousand dollars. I just watched Titanic yesterday. Good movie. I would admit to yeah, that it was if good. I was you. Oh, okay. No. Why? You, you well, no, I think I saw the lamp. Oh, sorry. I was, was going to say your wife <laughs> well, We were trending in the conversation with him. I was going to say, what, what is the link here to the Titanic? But it's just similar lights as on yeah. the Titanic. No, they yeah. would have made, they would have, Gimbal was um, is a manufacturer, and they would have used similar lamps. But someone would like that. If someone's starting, they're doing a Titanic museum in um, Niagara Falls. Oh, and right. Have, and they're going to reproduce a lot of the different rooms and stuff. And this is where having a piece like this is, again, like we go back to the museum is you touch it, feel it, see it. I'd like to see the lamp just so I know what's real. Mm-hmm. And because they're making so much fake stuff now, you know, in the... In a lot yeah, and when it's stuff. authentic, it literally becomes art now. Yeah, and yeah. the more you handle the real stuff, the more the better you are at spotting the fake stuff. I'm getting this signal here Uh-oh. from Sebastian Hearn to wrap it all up. So let's, let's uh, have this conversation, which is the show ends now. I'm sorry for the people we did not get to, including... Uh, Ralph and Barry and the others who are on the line that we will not have time for. Uh, you can continue this conversation privately off air. You can call 905-737-GOLD. That's 905-737-GOLD. People can also visit you at the store oh, yeah. most work days, Monday to Friday, these sorts of things. It's located at 10,341 Young Street. That's in Richmond Hill, just north of Major McKenzie. Again, on Young Street, 10,341 Young. They can also email you guys. you have that yes. email? At uh, sales at torontogoldsilver.com, all one word. Or I gave that other number just because the other one got plugged up. Is 647-298-8989. You can text me at it. And I will answer the text. I will. Speaking of answering and responding, oh. I'm told that after this show, you're going to get a special tour of the MZTV Museum right here in the Zoomerplex. Oh, right. They're opening it up just for you. <laughs> I'm also told nothing's for sale, so be warned. You can't buy everything or anything, apparently. I can steal it. No, don't oh, yeah. even don't think about that. it. <laughs> Thank you so much, and have a great afternoon. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.